this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another episode of the in focus podcast i am your host jee sampat let's say you consider yourself an educated aware person someone who makes an effort to be healthy you buy brown bread only because that is advertised as healthy you only buy juices that advertise themselves as natural quote unquote and biscuits that claim to be again quote unquote high fiber but what if you were wrong about all these products and all these claims end up being misleading well that's exactly what a new report on ultra processed foods or ups as they are called is actually saying this new report from nutrition advocacy for public interest napi is titled the junk push rising ultra processed food consumption in india policy politics and reality it paints a grim picture of misleading marketing rising consumption of ups in india and the role of ups in triggering an epidemic of non communicable diseases such as obesity diabetes and hypertension to name a few with children being particularly vulnerable to find out more about what ultra processed foods are how to identify them and why they are a public concern not just in india but worldwide we have with us dr arun gupta convener of napi and former member of pm's council on india's nutrition challenges dr gupta thank you so much for joining us really appreciate you taking time out for this podcast Thank you very much, Sampath, for having me, uh, Dr. Gupta. To start with, uh, I was just wondering if you can just tell us, uh, for in in in, a, in terms that layman can understand, what are UPFs are or ultra processed foods, and how are they different from processed foods? Yeah, uh, ultra processed foods are like. Uh, uh, let me explain uh, that these are industrial formulations of the natural food. by destroying the food matrix and you know modifying them with some of the elements like flavors colors and other additives like stabilizers and you know emulsifiers into making a highly profitable products they can last long and uh, you know making them you know tradable so th- that's the intent of the industry so the, these are products which come through the industrial processing and uh, when you buy a packet of uh, such food products you cannot identify the real food in them so that is the uh, ultra processing itself which which is uh, gives the name ultra processed foods yeah they are different from processed foods like processing is not bad so processing like for example foods are processed for millions of years we have been processing foods at home you make uh, yogurt from milk you you boil milk or you uh, make uh, wheat chapati at home all these thing is processing and to the extent that even if you go into package form the processing also uh, involves in terms of uh, packaging single ingredient foods like uh, chana or, or you know what you call as uh, Uh, peas or even fruits they are like frozen and but they are still foods you can a- identify real foods in them so 
uh, yogurt will be processed if it is a normal yogurt converted fermented from our own milk or some yogurts are plain yogurts available in the market they are processed but if you buy a flavored yogurt or a sweetened yogurt from a branded company with lots of sugars and other ingredients which i mentioned earlier they are ultra processed right so basically what you're saying is in processed food you can still identify the food the element what it is but in an ultra processed you cannot tell apart the industrial additions to it you know all those emulsifiers etc from the food component is that a fair distinction to make yeah that's right there is no way you can identify what is the origin of that ultra processed food whether it is in liquid form or it is in you know solid form in the form of chips or anything or in drinks or juices that's something very difficult to right so but but in in while going through the report dr gupta i also found that uh, we have implemented I mean, foods like say bread bread has been included as an ultra processed food i saw one entry on uh, brown bread which many people consider healthy so isn't bread uh, a, a processed only how is it qualifying as ultra processed food can you please explain so there are two types of breads one is a processed breads which we make can make at home anything which we can make in a small bakery in terms of the loaves of bread people make at home in whole of the western world and uh, at the same time the breads produced by the large factories in mass production so ultra processed foods are mass produced in mass in like huge volumes they add emulsifiers and other stuff into it so that they last long so that's the difference between a processed bread and a ultra processed bread normally what what we buy in the market which comes from big branded companies are ultra processed so that's the difference between the two types of breads right right so what exactly do uh, ultra processed foods do to the body when I mean, your report makes a lot of connections between high consumption of upfs and their relation to uh, non communicable diseases a lot of them you know blood high blood pressure obesity diabetes corrosion of the immune system and so many uh, other problems so i understand that uh, the food industry which produces ultra processed foods all these emulsifiers and additives you spoke about they are all supposed to be food grade edible stuff you know they are supposed to be used for consumption people are supposed to be able to eat them safely so how come then uh, they end up being harmful yeah so one of the elements here people need to also understand how to identify in simple terms is that when you buy a packaged prepackaged food from the market which is called food product in my language not a food they are not foods you need to check the list of ingredients if they are more than 5 it's most likely ultra processed so that's a way of identifying them now most of these products uh, why they are harmful they are mostly are high in sugars salt or saturated fats so what happens is when they get into the body they are like they increase your blood sugar level or they increase your uh, fats and the reduction in fiber and they people lose out on micronutrients so that is on the nutritional quality of the food goes down secondly these additives like sweeteners emulsifiers and uh, other um, so many additives they chemicals i would say 
they would actually uh, affect the microbiomes in the body and cause inflammation. So that's a, they, these are the two identified processes which uh, are like high sugar, high fat, and, and then reduction of the quality. They, they end up causing inflammation in the body and the evidence, currently growing evidence in last two or three years, I think there are more than 1400 publications and there have been like 14, 15 systematic reviews published which, which point out like heart disease, cancers, diabetes, deaths due to diabetes, then other illnesses like uh, inflammation in the gut, depression, anxiety, so many. I mean, the, you, you name it, you know, most of the, every day we find a new evidence emerging from the world. The last 10 years, this research has been going on and has been growing uh, by the day. So these are harmful if you taken in uh, higher versus lower consumption, the studies have been done on populations. So when you say higher consumption, it means if you're consuming more than say 10% of your diet, if it is ultra processed versus if you consume less than 4% or less than three or 4% of your diet. The, the, if you compare these studies, they have been compared that incidence of diabetes is higher in those who consume higher. For example, in one study, to make it more simple for people to understand, if you increase your diet by 10%, the chances of diabetes, development of diabetes increase by 15%. Now, 10% is nothing actually. If you say a normal adult will consume about 200 uh, extra calories through ultra-processed foods, then it becomes 10%. So eating a chocolate, uh, for example, would easily make 200 calories. Drinking a you know, uh, cola drink or a juice drink or something else in terms of consuming uh, uh, these ultra-processed foods, people are not aware how much sugar in them. So they just munch on, munch on it. So it adds on to increased intake of sugars salt and fats right so uh, all these ultra processed foods i understand uh, from your report that there is a threshold right i mean you can't have uh, any packaged food at all without having some amount of the salts and sugars and saturated fats and sodium and all that so so what is the threshold like how do we identify which uh, which industrial package what is a food product which one of them is safe within the threshold for consumption which one is which 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 ones are like really harmful and meant to be avoided you know how do you identify them because there is the labeling is not something which tells us very easily or obviously the two ways i would say one one is to go for uh, the packets which have in one or two ingredients which which will certainly contain food in it so second is if you have to look into the list of ingredients look at the first three ingredients if if the, one of them is sugar uh, you know then one should be alarmed at it and if you can really understand the the real percentage of i can tell you if the food packet energy comes more than 10% from sugar for example if a 100 gram contains more than 10 grams of sugars and more than 10 grams of saturated fat then it is high, according to WHO. 
So India still has to finalize a definition. And if the sodium content is more than 1 milligram per kilocalorie means if the food packet total has within 100 grams of food has 400 calories and if the sodium is more than 400 milligram in it, then it is high. So these are the alerts that people need to know. And if it is high, then, you know, they should consume less or avoid them. Right. I mean, these are numbers are good to know. I mean, they are to have ready to hand like 10 grams of sugar per 100 grams of the food uh, product, 10 grams of uh, saturated fat. And I think 250 milligrams is what the report says uh, per 100 grams of uh, any kind of cereal and so on. But uh, one of the things uh, which really was troubling to read uh, in the report, Dr. Gupta, is the, is the fact that most of these uh, ultra processed food products, they are targeted towards children, you know, chocolates, biscuits, Maggie noodles is something which you which you guys are covering in this report, cereals, you know, cornflakes, all these things are extremely popular among children. They are, they are like a big chunk of their diet from what we know of what they are eating these days. So, like, can you talk a little bit about how big a problem? Is it also a problem in not just in terms of what they consume, but in terms of forming a pattern or a habit which they continue to sort of follow for the rest of their lives? Yeah, I think it's a very, very important point, uh, question you have asked. Uh, most of the ultra-processed foods which we examined in part of the report, just tip of the iceberg, is 43 products we analyzed and put them into the report along with what kind of advertisements being done for them. So, uh, but there are like, according to one unpublished report of WHO, there are 200,000 advertisements flashed every month on selected, uh, 10 select channels. The study they did, uh, I, I think, early part of this year or last year. So the point here is the targeting children, using celebrities, seeking parental influence. Is These are the strategies used by the companies to actually, you know, put uh, uh, these uh, demands. When the children see the, those ads, their brains are actually, you know, programmed in a way that, that it's it, these are all addicting substances, actually, in a way. So only yesterday, there was a Washington Post article how the uh, cigarette industry earlier had in 60s and 70s, and they acquired food industry and they used the flavors and col colors in terms of they could cause, you know, to reach a bliss point that people will love to continue to have them. So they, they are basically addicting substances. Their combinations are made like that, that people will continue to eat. Uh, I mean, I tried it on myself also. Some, some other people have tried. And if you open a packet of chips, for example, start eating, you probably don't feel like stopping it because the fat and the salt, they're in such a combination, in such a proportion they are done that the body actually you know feels like eating more similarly if you start eating sweetened uh, yogurt or sweetened uh, chocolates and other things same thing happens so these are these are the important points that these uh, advertisements they make people want to have it so th this is the critical part of the advertisement that uh, emotionally exploiting people and that too by our celebrated 
people in the country whom people actually look for you know these film celebrities or sports celebrities they are the ones who are actually uh, causing lot of harm to the health of children as well as adults right you know this use of celebrities uh, and kind of dangerous kinds of advertising the trends which you talked about targeting children seeking parental uh, influence or approval uh, and they're roping it in for making a product popular with children now uh, i understand that it is possible to sort of uh, regulate advertising and marketing uh, the kind of uh, advertising that is allowed and also other ways to sort of uh, bring down the consumption of foods that are proven to be as you said harmful and there are a number of different ways and india already has an epidemic of diabetes uh, which we have, which has been much uh, written about so what has been uh, the biggest challenge in getting these regulatory policies in place and what are we doing about this one of the things the report flags is uh, the role of the food industry uh, and its uh, influence can you talk a little bit about how that dynamic is affecting the entire regulatory system yes i the analyzed uh, 12 documents of the government of india uh, which included regulations and you know consumer protection act cable tv act uh, food safety regulations and then there is a national plan of action of the government of india to control ncds and uh, even though everything is contained in the national plan of action that this should be done there should be prohibition of advertisements and there should be a warning label on the interpretative warning label on the packets but somehow or the others the the regulations are not effective to the extent we would like to have them so the potential of the regulation currently existing regulations is not there to stop any advertisements but to call off a misleading advertisement so misleading advertisements the food safety act also says there should be no misleading advertisement consumer protection act also says there should be no misleading advertisement no food safety authority has not defined what is misleading they take ages to actually settle it. and it is a complaint based system people have to complain that this is misleading then somebody a committee decides it takes years and the damage is done consumer protection law has clearly defined what is misleading which means a treatment which does not uh, provide uh, important information most important information about the product now for a food product i said nabi believes that it's the content of the sugar salt or fat which is the most important part of any food product so if it is not there we assume that it is misleading advertisement but the guidelines of consumer protection act or the law is unable to stop any misleading ad at the moment but uh, fssai also says that their law also does not uh, ask for so we ask for why don't you give uh, the salt and sugar and fat amount in the advertisement when you are projecting your products as healthy the companies are allowed to project their products as healthy high protein high fiber everything but they they are not controlled to say that this product contains 30 grams of sugar or 40 grams or the chocolates contain about 40 grams of sugar biscuits contain about 12 to 20 grams of sugar most of the biscuits also contain high salt which people don't know 
this salt and sugar combination is the is one which causes that bliss point you continue to eat more but there is no control on that also the people are not aware at all what they are eating actually uh, dr gupta in the report uh, in the report you uh, you talk about this fopl or print of uh, the product label labeling or whatever interpretive labeling yes i am coming yeah i am coming to that you coming to the making of the policies why we say there, there is an interference of the food industry is that most of the meetings which uh, were initially held in the food safety authority to develop a policy on front of the pack labeling were attended by 80% of the people who attended the stakeholder meeting was food industry so when the initial draft policy is made and then taken to the other parts of the food authority for a panel or a, a food authority higher up and that time we also came to know from the members of the same scientific panel they were not even given an opportunity to analyze it so it was thrust upon them so that decision was actually uh, favored by the food industry the food industry also created opinion a division in the opinion by you know having their front organizations there are front organizations of the food industry in india which opposed this front of the pack labeling policy what what was their objection to front of the packet labeling what is the objection no they don't object they they only object at the back doors and they will continue to support what the government wants to put up they for example the report from the indian institute of amdavad indian institute of management the food safety authority got a report done from them they recommended health star rating to the products so which most of the people in the country including experts consumers public health experts doctors everybody was against it but still industry favored it so this is how industry manages things in terms of uh, uh, getting the policy which is not effective from the point of view that would reduce the consumption of these products but wouldn't wouldn't the health star rating be helpful dr gupta if you give a product one star because it's got excessive sugar this is five stars for a product which has got sugar and fat and sodium within limits wouldn't that be helpful like why was this the problem so the problem is that unhealthy foods are given in one stroke labeled as healthy so it's it, it they're labeled as less healthy to least healthy to most healthy right but they are not healthy at all they we can't say you know they, that product has so the point is that if if the product qualifies that the sugar is less than 10% that product doesn't get a warning label right so that's the way you define a food is healthy or unhealthy you cannot have stars stars are given more from a, like a award system right whether it is a school a child gets stars on the report card is a hotel system or air conditioner all these get stars based on their quality of services like hotels so it's 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 a it's a, it's more like a positive connotation not it doesn't define unhealthy foods that's a point which is health star rating and is failing in australia is the only country which is doing it and it it's scientists of australia australia tell us and there are studies documented that we, the the foods in australia which were three stars they were like 73% of them were unhealthy and the underlying problem uh, in this is that the 
this tool was developed by a industry executive in australia so and that that industry executive there's a conflict of interest in this tool that you know when a industrial uh, industries technician develops a tool and used by uh, voluntarily used by whole of australia and india copies it i i i think the whole thing amounts to and all of the food industry sitting on the table to develop that policy it said that i i have no doubt that this this has been favored by the industry and uh, that's where the food industry you know influenced the decision making at uh, fsci right i think this this star system probably might work if we can also add a skull and crossbones uh, image along with it you know if if the if the, if the threshold nutrients are are problematic maybe they should carry a skull and crossbones uh instead of a star the more you put on the label the more you put on the label it's more confusing for people right people have very few seconds only to understand the label so the globally and nationally also there have been scientific studies to evaluate which would be a better way to you know for which people to identify unhealthy foods and warning labels which say clearly what is high in sugar salt or fat most of the latin american countries have done it israel has done it canada has done it so, so many countries have done it and they are finding it is working there so how does this interpretive interpretive labeling work you have color coding is it yeah either color coding or this what i am saying is what warning label with a high sugar high fat you know in the stars how do i calculate that you know the star is a very difficult calculation done at the back end now uh, how ordinary people will understand that they can only understand okay well, okay fine it's less healthy let's eat it right so uh, one star two star would be less healthy according to the stars but it doesn't matter but if i have a, a, a red label saying it's high in sugar or a black label most of the most of the uh, people in um, latin america governments have used black labels because they believe that it it is used for those who are color blind also so they that's why they don't use other colors so only on israel has used uh, red labels but they have also advocated to give green label to healthy food so what is what israel did they did a criteria to identify healthy foods so in that criteria they have put a table across which says okay if the food contains okay salt and uh, you know the spices etc is fine but if it contains emulsifier stabilizer other additives this food becomes unhealthy so they don't give green label to that food so israel has done this that they defined and rest of the foods become unhealthy which are unable to get uh, green label so then the unhealthy food is further categorized into high sugar high fat or high salt depending upon the level of uh, content right so apart from this labeling uh, which would help the consumer to identify and avoid what are the other policy recommendations that you think are uh, really uh, important for india to sort of tackle this big public health concern which is being triggered by mass consumption of uh, upf so i we have made uh, uh, four four very clear recommendations in the report 
One is the first is I call it low hanging fruits because the work has already been done on the definition of healthy food or high sugar, high fat. The definition is available in the draft notification. It can be adopted immediately. So that's one part. And similarly about the label, the front of the pack label decision is pending for last one year. I think that can be immediately done. And a policy that food policy or a nutrition policy should be free from conflict of interest. The, the industry can be consulted by a committee, but not being part of the decision making that what should be the policy. So that's part one. So part two is that in existing regulations can be amended, which is like cable TV law already bans advertisements of baby foods, tobacco, etc. So the clause can be added there to ban the advertisements of uh, ultra-processed food or foods high in sugar. So whichever threshold India defines, they can be used to define that, put a warning label on it, and this could be banned for advertisements. And if it, there, there has to be some clause of restriction, then one can go into that from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., there should be no advertisement at all if, if we cannot stop advertisements altogether. So that's about the advertisements. And we also recommend that a bill in the parliament could, could be more effective than the existing regulations to ban the advertisement and control and see. So the, there is a recommend. These are the recommendations of the National Plan of Action of the Government of India. These are not our recommendations, actually. The, everything is contained in that document that there should be a, a bill and the Ministry of Law should help to draft a bill to prevent and control non-communicable diseases. And the last part, which we have, uh, after the amendments, we have also given some recommendations that are regarding increasing the taxes on the foods, uh, which are junk foods or ultra-processed foods. Uh, the way government has done same tax on the cola drinks, they similarly it can be taxed. So these are the kind of uh, policies uh, which are recommended globally based on scientific evidence. They are backed by good scientific evidence. Right. These are really solid, uh, I think, recommendations. And if if the government of India goes ahead and uh, implements them with seriousness, you know, especially this labeling, warning labeling being one, then keeping the food industry at arm's length from the decision-making processes on what kind of regulatory policies need to be adopted to bring down the consumption of UPFs. And thirdly, higher taxation, maybe 28% should be good enough to start with. On uh, junk foods, you know, highest slab of GST should probably discourage uh, people from, or at least make them think twice uh, before going for them. But uh, one last question, Dr. Gupta, before we wind up, we're running out of time. So we spoke a lot about the harmful impact of UPFs, how to identify them and how to uh, sort of uh, see which one is to be avoided and so on. But uh, the reality as things stand today is that when you go to the supermarket, when you're traveling, when you go to any shop, uh, by default, what you get are ultra-processed foods. If you want, if you're hungry, you want a snack, you get whatever chips and biscuits and things like that. So they're all ultra-processed foods. So if we want to avoid UPFs, bring them down, let us say, to under 2% of your diet. Like what are the alternatives which we can go for? How does a normal, an average person 
go for this non-UPF alternative so that you know you can get by without getting into the UPF consumption at all. So people have been hooked into uh, buying junk food and UPFs. So they're forgetting the uh, what they, what the UPFs are replacing. The first thing would be fruits. For example, banana and uh, I'm giving you a simple example of banana and oranges. They do last long and they, they are good snacks. They're good, good calories. They're good uh, nutrients and vitamins in them. So that's part one. Secondly, if they really want to buy some uh, pre-packaged and they're buying single ingredient like chana, nuts, you know, uh, and then chidwa and even popcorn. I mean, they are single ingredient, uh, but real foods. So the, the finger has to be kept in mind that put a finger on the product which is where you can see the food so that's one way of looking at it and uh, secondly occasionally if somebody has to have something and you are traveling there's no alternative it's not something that it will disappear from the market so we are not advocating to stop the production but you know regulate the production supply and distribution but people can consume occasionally is not not something that People have not done it so far. Most of us have eaten these, right? The point is now we have sufficient growing evidence, scientific evidence saying increasing consumption is harmful to the body in the both long term and increasing these non-communicable diseases like heart disease and cancer. So that's where I think the people who are already eating a lot, they should reduce it. People who are not using, they shouldn't get into this. And occasional munching, fine, that, that should not be a problem to my mind. Right. So occasional uh, snacking on UPFs should not be a big issue. But for the most part, try and avoid them. And if you don't have any option, please do look at fruits, junk, the chips and the biscuits and the ice cream and the colas and go for bananas and oranges and other fruits. Thank you so much, Dr. Gupta. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you on this very important subject. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Santo. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.